Hello, and welcome to Religious Rebels, a podcast where we push back on behavior-based religion, question Christianese concepts, and seek to find Jesus in the awkward middle way of grace and truth. I'm Christy Lynn Wood. Hello, and welcome back to Religious Rebels. I'm glad to have you guys here with me. So today we're going to talk about rethinking faith. This is a major theme in the things that I talk about. And so you will hear this come up over and over again. But one of the first things that I want to kind of talk about and define in this podcast is the idea of deconstruction. Now, deconstruction is kind of a polarized term right now. And I've been talking about it a lot on threads lately, and I get pushed back. (laughs) So I have some people pushing back at me, telling me that I shouldn't use this term because they've done research on YouTube, and they keep having all these videos telling them it's a very bad thing. Like Deconstruction is a bad thing. It leads to deconversion and apostasy, and they're very upset with me for using the term deconstruction. I have other people pushing back at me, telling me that I shouldn't use the term deconstruction because... I haven't landed in the place that they think I should have landed, that I deconstructed, but then didn't um, come to the place of progressive faith or of the same openness, agnostic, atheism, like whatever, that they feel like that's where you should land when you deconstruct, that I haven't fully deconstructed, I haven't really deconstructed, and they don't think I should use that terminology. So, and I push back on both of those because I feel like If you are having a faith crisis and you are wondering whether anything that you used to believe is even true, in this world, there is often just one kind of set path of the whole deconstruction thing. And if you start to look up deconstruction, you do find people who are condemning it. And you do find people who say, hey, if you're going to deconstruct, this is where you land. You must land here. They're kind of actually just as fundamental as some of the conservative Christians are. Just a thought. But... That is something that I just don't think that has to be true. I think you can completely dismantle your faith, and I think that you can rebuild a vibrant Orthodox faith that's centered around Jesus Christ. So I'm kind of here, um, hello, just to tell you that I don't think that that's the only option. So I'm going to keep using this word deconstruction because I want people to recognize that it doesn't have to just be this is the path that you take when you deconstruct, and this is where you end up. So let's define deconstruction. This is the hard thing. It is so hard to define deconstruction religiously. Some people think that it means taking apart your faith and then becoming an atheist or an agnostic, essentially deconverting. And that's that's their definition of deconstruction. Um, there's a lot, like I said, a lot of YouTube videos out there about the dangers of deconstruction because people think that if you deconstruct, you end up as deconverted. Some people think that when you deconstruct, you have to end at this progressive place of just openness, Unitarianism, this, this idea of like there really isn't a right way kind of a thing. To deconstruct in any other context just means to take something apart to its individual pieces. So you can have deconstructed food, you can have deconstructed alcoholic beverages, you can have deconstructed buildings, all this stuff. You're taking things apart to their individual elements. It never says what you do with them once you've taken them apart. I think if we could understand deconstruction as the process of taking something apart to its individual elements, I think that we would be okay because it never says what you do with them once you take them apart. 
So if we say deconstruction is taking things apart, then I can take my faith apart. That is totally fine. I think people are afraid of deconstruction within the Christian community. And part of me thinks they're afraid because there's this innate fear that if they started taking their faith apart, what would happen? Would it completely unravel? And so they're kind of holding on to it. But in my opinion, like if your faith is not built around something that is big enough to be taken apart (laughs) and looked at and examined, is that thing that you have faith in really worth having faith in? For me, God has been big enough. Jesus is big enough. I'm going to take it all apart and examine him and stare at him and like, you know, dig around in there and say, is this worth it? What is worth putting back together again? What is worth holding on to and putting back into my faith? He's big enough. And so for me, I'm not afraid of deconstruction. I'm not afraid of the deconstruction movement. I'm not afraid of people who are deconstructing and deconverting. I'm not afraid of people who are deconstructing and becoming more progressive than me. Like it does not phase me because I believe in a God who is so big and who is behind all of this. Like I see him being behind all of this that's happening because there's a lot to deconstruct. There's a lot of extra junk that has been collected among Christians, among evangelical Christians, among conservative Christians over the last bit, things that were not really scripture, things that are just tradition, things that are just the way we've looked at things, the way we've done taught things for years. They're just religious tradition. And so there's a lot for us to take apart. And I think it's totally fine for us to be taking it apart and re-examining it. I still think that you can put it back together and have an orthodox faith. So my first deconstruction experience wasn't even, no one was talking about deconstruction. We didn't use this word. It was back in college. And I was nannying in this just intensely difficult environment as a live-in nanny for a mother and her two kids. And it was hard. (laughs) Not only was it my first year kind of like out of my bubble world of the cult into the real world, I was going to college. I was experiencing all kinds of things for the first time, but it was just a really difficult situation. And I got this dream job opportunity, and I was just so sure that this was how God was going to get me out of the situation. And then I didn't get the job. I was just stuck in the same place, and they, they, did, not, they did not hire me. Looking back, I can see there's some red flags. It's in my book. You can hear about it in my book. Things that would not have been a good place for me. But it broke me to my core. It made me wonder, like, is any of this true? Like, is God really real? Does he really hear my prayers? Does he care? And so I would think that was one of the first times I really just had to stop and rethink my faith and just dark night of the soul, I guess you want to call it, just really just stop and start to deconstruct some of the things that I believe, some of the formulaic ways that I view God. If I do this, then you'll do that for me. If I do this, then you'll do that for me. Um, The second time that I had to deconstruct my faith was after I had a second miscarriage. It was a second late-term miscarriage. It was devastating, also in my book. And it really made me rethink, what do I believe about God? What do I believe about myself? Like, what do I believe about any of this? Is any of this true? Both those times, I came out stronger. When Gothard was exposed for doing his crap that he did, And people were still starting to talk about like all the truth, what was happening at his training centers, recoveringgrace.org was being like just written. It was amazing. And I was rethinking everything again. Like what in the world do I even believe? What do I believe? And then as our church situation fell apart, 
that was probably the most devastating. If I didn't know Jesus, I probably wouldn't be a Christian right now. It was that broken. And once again, all my faith has fallen apart. What do I believe? What do I believe? Guys, I don't think these crises of faith are a bad thing. I think that just because we have these experiences, we're like, oh my gosh, what do I even believe? And we look at the things that we used to believe and we see some big flaws in them. We're like, that can't be true. Like that's got, that's messed up. There's no way that's true. I don't think it means that the whole thing is junk. I don't think it means that we have to throw everything away. For thousands of years, believers around the world have been dying for this faith. There's something about it that's real. People have had their lives transformed by something that they can't explain. Like, there's a realness to it. There's also a lot of junk that's been gathered over the years. And so I think that it's good to re-examine. It's good to go through those difficult, dark journeys and valleys where we're just really just processing and thinking. And I don't think it means that we have to throw it all away if we don't want to. I think Jesus is real, you guys. I think that you can rebuild a vibrant faith around him if you want to. And I guess that's the thing. Like, I'm not going to force you to rebuild your faith around Jesus. I'm just going to offer the possibility. I'm going to tell you that I've been through brokenness. I've been nearly destroyed. And yet the Jesus that I have found coming out of this is stronger, bigger, and more real and more amazing and more full of love and grace and acceptance of me and my own brokenness than I ever imagined when I was stuck in my religion. Stuck in my Christian religion, doing the things, trying to follow God. This podcast is called Religious Rebels. My book is called Religious Rebels. And I've gotten a little pushback from that too. From internal, my own heart, like, really, Christy, you're going to use the word rebels? Like, aren't rebels bad? Isn't rebellion as a sin of witchcraft? And um, also my book at the end, the conclusion. Um, but I'm not rebelling against God. I'm rebelling against opinion, people's opinion. I'm rebelling against behavior-driven religion on both sides. I mentioned this before. There is a fundamentalist attitude on both sides of the spectrum. You can have fundamentalist progressive liberals who are like, if you don't do this and believe this, then you are a bad person. And somebody else over here on the conservative side says, if you don't believe like me and you don't do these things, then you are a bad person. There's that black and white, I'm right, you're wrong, us versus them, fundamentalist attitude on both sides of the spectrum. That's what I'm rebelling against. I'm rebelling against that, that push that you have to be like me. And I'm like, no, no, I don't. I don't have to pick a side. I can look for truth in this awkward middle way of paradox and of tension where things don't always make sense and where I'm holding two seemingly opposing truths in tension tightly. I'm rebelling against extremism. I am trying to seek Jesus in his narrow path, which I believe is this awkward middle way with grace, and with truth. This gets uncomfortable. And this podcast might get uncomfortable. I might ask you hard questions. <laughs> I might embrace tension and tension theology in a way that makes you wonder and question. I love mystery. I love paradox. I believe in complexity and nuance. I don't think there's always one succinct answer. And I believe in a God who is bigger and better and more amazing than we could ever imagine, ever. God isn't controllable. He's not understandable. He's not somebody that you can 
just decide that he makes sense. And he's not somebody that we can just decide who he is. If God is real, and I believe he is, then we don't get to decide who he is. We just get to discover who he is as we get to know him through the Holy Spirit, through scripture, through the people around us. And guys, I really, I guess I just really want to encourage you as you think about your own faith and as you take it apart, I've landed in this place of historical orthodoxy, which is like, doesn't really fit in each side. And the things that I have ended up just holding on to tightly are beliefs that have been held by Christians for the past 2000 years across denominational lines, across cultures, across the world. These are the cores of the Christian faith. And those are the things that I hold to tightly. I cling to those tightly. There are many other things that are just opinions and perspectives that I hold loosely. And I'm willing to say, you know what? I've learned some more about this stuff and I don't think I believe that anymore. There's a lot of things over the last few years that I have just been like, nope, that's not true anymore. Nope, don't believe that anymore. And it's been freeing. It's been liberating. And those are things that I hold loosely. I'm willing to be wrong. Mostly, I just want Jesus. And mostly, I just want you to find Jesus too. And so as we journey into this podcast, as we are people who are rebelling against the extremism, against the religion, against that behavior-based shame and guilt, and as we are just trying to discover who Jesus really is, I hope you'll come with me, and I'm excited about what we might discover along the way. So thanks for listening, and until next time, keep searching.